So greetings, everybody. I would like to uh, welcome you to another conversation in this health series. Uh, my name is Dr. Erica Rickrow. I am the host of this uh, beautiful session. And today I'm specifically honored to have Ms. Uh, Barbara Emenstedt with us, who is a wonderful woman, a great business uh, person, and also has such a vast experience and is specialized in so many different fields. So welcome, Barbara. I'm really pleased to have you on board. Thank you, Eric. I'm happy to be here and honored that you invited me. You're most welcome. And I'm really happy you took the time because I know time is so precious nowadays, particularly your time. So uh, just at the beginning, before we can get uh, we get started, I would like to mention that we have a disclaimer. So any talk in the topic uh, health is wealth and how to tap into your power. If you feel like you need to uh, get further information, please reach out to your specialized medical personnel of trust and also to any other specialized you feel like you need to contact we are sharing here our uh, experiences the experiences of the experts and uh, persons specialized in particular topics and of course also I'm sharing from my experience so please reach out to your trusted consultants thank you for that and without further ado I would like to get started for today's conversation which is really tapping into the power of this gorgeous uh, lady and very precious colleague of mine Barbara so you um, just to kind of read your bio a little bit and then I'll hand over to you because you have such a richness in your experience. Ms. Barbara Imenschek, um, it has been in the international corporation for 20 years or even more than that and she has done studies in international relations because she always wanted to get international and really serve at the very uh, large scale and what's so striking to me is you are not only specialized in marketing, sales, development and research, but you really had your own company, you have your own company, you are specialized in LinkedIn, you are, you know, targeting so many different places, and you have become incredibly busy, of course, you are very successful. So this is such a great experience. Uh, and I'm so happy you share. Now, COVID, as we all know, had really an impact on everybody in one way or the other. And since our topic today is health is wealth and how to tap in to your power. I really would like to, first of all, welcome you again, Barbara, and then please go ahead and introduce yourself. Over to you. Thank you very much, Erica. As you already said, I'm Barbara Imenschek. I've been working in international corporations or for the international corporations for over 20 years. I was lucky enough that I was invited as my second job position at the entry level into marketing and I immediately took over several countries. I'm coming from Slovenia, so just for all uh, who don't know, uh, that was part of ex-Yugoslavia once. So I was taking care of the whole markets in ex-Yugoslavia, plus the Eastern Europe. So it allowed me to understand different markets because although it was the same country once, the target groups, the population, it's really different and the purchase power is different. So you, you had to develop different strategies for each of the market. And it was a really great experience. And I must say, my CEO of the company, he was a German and he taught me really well how to understand the management of a company through PNL, through understanding PNL 
to see the correlation between uh, marketing and sales within the PNL and immediately immediately see if the company is okay, is it healthy one, where are the points you have to address and things like that. So basically I loved it. I had the best job in the world. We were the best team possible and we were working 12 and more hours per day, you know, and the, the amazing thing was when you're watching American movies, you have people, they say they have 70 hour weeks. And so it was like a role model for me, you know, and I was just cashing in hours and hours and I was paid abundantly, really. I had so much money. I didn't know what to do and I was spending it restlessly. You know, I would go out one day on a weekend and I would buy three sets of eyeglasses. So you totally understand. I was compensating for what I didn't get. I didn't have time. I really loved it, uh, but it wasn't the right thing to do. Fast forward, some things happened that one of the things was actually Slovenia joined the European Union and the legislation changed. So the headquarter of this company was transferred to Croatia that was not part of EU at that time because the management team, they were expats and Slovenia became expensive for their salaries. So it was a logical next step. So I decided I'm going out of the company. And soon after that, I went to see an astrologer. That's the thing most people say, what, you? Uh, yeah, I went to see it, uh, an astrologer because I was blaming myself for losing the job, although the company moved, you know, and I was given a chance to go with them, but it was another country, different culture, everything, and I wasn't ready to make the step. But still, I was, okay, the imposter syndrome, I'm not good enough, why do these things happen to me? Stuff like that. And these times you go and you reach out to, I would have even seen a clairvoyant at that time, probably. But I went to an astrologer and she said that I needed to open my business. That was it for me. And that made me think because at that time, I already had a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience and skill set. And if I went to work for a company, probably my boss would find me as a threat. It wasn't uh, an environment that you could work in. And I said, okay, it's better to have your own company and work for other companies. So I did. I opened the company, but I didn't build up a business. My mindset was totally different. The business was actually, I was working to make ends meet. I was making much less money than I did in the corporate world, but still I was happy. I made more than most people. And I've had this business for nine years. I cannot say that my business failed because I never went bankrupt. I was always, my balance was always positive and I always had enough money, but just, I wasn't feeling it anymore, you know, because it's just numbers. I mentioned PNL before when I was in corporate world, I was a monitor of the PNL. It was challenging to me, but when I was doing it for some third parties, it was just the numbers. I wouldn't see the result. I wouldn't see people. I didn't get this feedback, you know. Uh, for example, if you, uh, if you succeed at something, you see the person, you see the joy and everything. And that was lacking there, you know. There were the mm -hmm. numbers, there were the KPIs, and that was it. Now, just, since, I'm sorry, Barbara, for interrupting yeah. you, since we might have also listeners and watchers who do not know what these abbreviation means. So it would be oh, helpful okay. to understand what PNL is and what, you know, all these kind of different abbreviations mean, please. Okay. 
yeah, sorry. PL is actually a profit and loss. It's a balance sheet of the company, and the KPIs are the targets you set and then monitor. So basically, uh, uh, these were all there, and they were easily to really easy to reach. You know, I had budgets. Uh, I started a year with millions of euros of budget, which today is something many dream of. But at that time, it was something okay. Still, when I was working for uh, other companies, I uh, I was invited to join uh, an advertising agency, J. Walter Thompson, and uh, I was taking care of clients like Bayer, Mazda, Unilever, uh, Ferrero. Uh, probably everyone knows Ferrero and many, uh, many uh, local companies. Uh, and again, it was great. But by that time, you know, since this is a talk about health, I've had my, my second scare. My first scare was actually when I was still employed by the uh, multinational corporation and I started lactating. So out of the blue, uh, I was lactating. I would call my gynecologist. And he asked me, when did we give birth? And I said, we didn't give birth. Okay, when are we due? We are not due. So, oops, then that's a strange. So that was the first care. And they, they, I've taken many, many tests to just rule out every possibilities, even a brain tumor and things like that. Uh, nothing came out, you know. Then I had a friend whose parents were both OB-GYNs. And he said, you know, the prolactin is usually related to stress. So I was, I started to think, okay, probably my stress levels are, levels are really high. So something must be done. I was taking medicine uh, to get this mastitis or how it's called. Uh, so uh, my breast wouldn't just combust and uh, it didn't help. I was given other medicine, but I decided not to take them because uh, besides gaining weight, there was no other result. So that was the first care. And when I uh, found, uh, let's say, an alternative healer that I went to, uh, she didn't give me any medicine. She just told me how to rearrange energies within my apartment. So I did it, and believe it or not, within two months, I stopped lactating. So before that, for over a year, I had milk in my breast. And when I would hear a baby, I would just start lactating. So it was pretty, it wasn't nice. Uh, mm. And two months after I went to visit this person, uh, she helped me. So, but still, you know, you easily forget these things. One or situation is over, you forget about it. Exactly. Uh, now, I want so, you to uh, actually link in here because you were talking already about health issues. And I think this is really a beautiful way I can actually post my first question. What are the light bulb moments apart from going to this uh, um, special healer or this special person? Is there any other kind of light bulb moment you had with regards to health, please? Yes, actually it was my third health care. Uh, the second one wasn't that severe because I just started fainted, fainting and it lasted for about a month. And I just started doing some, uh, I went to sauna every day. I started to relax and it went away. So, but the first scare was actually, I got pulmonary embolism and deep vein thrombosis. 
I was actually in Germany, in Berlin, and my leg started to swell, you know? And I thought, of course, it's an infection because I, got, I had some blisters. I was walk, walking in flip-flops, so probably got infected. And that's it, you know? But the day after, I couldn't move my leg, you know? It was uh, really like a wooden leg. So by the third day, after walking around all day, I said, okay, now let's take this serious, you know? And I went to the Charité Mita, to the ER, and they immediately take me uh, to do some tests. And it came out, I had a deep vein thrombosis. So uh, one thing, a good thing that happened before I left for Berlin, I went there for two, day, uh, two uh, weeks to study German. So that was the end of the first week. Uh, before that, somehow, you know, when the universe gives you stuff, uh, I got a lot of audiobooks from Louise Hay. And I would go to uh, the lectures in the morning and I would walk around the city every day and listen to my iPod. And every day, this thing about uh, disease would come up, you know. Louis Say said, what is, the, what is a disease? It's a, this is, it's a discomfort in your body. It's a dissonance in your body. And uh, what do people do when they're faced with diseases? They start to fight it instead of accepting it. So, you know, that resonated in my head. And I said, okay, what's, what happened, happened. I have this situation. I have to get to the bottom of it why did I attract it? Because I was aware that I was attracting it. Uh, and the thing was that by that time, I've been in a relationship for 10 years that was actually on and on. Two weeks we would be together, two weeks would be fighting. And I, I did this correlation because what is thrombosis? Uh, it's a blockage in your vein. So my relationship has been blocked for over a year. And I somehow attracted it into me, into my experience. And uh, it was amazing, you know, because I left Germany immediately. They could give me just a certain amount of medication there because it was an ER and I, was, I required further treatment. So when I went, uh, came back to Slovenia, I went to visit uh, the doctor here and I was put into a study group for atypical thrombosis. And I told her, this is a I have a psychological uh, issue and I'm going to get rid of it. And she said, no, no, no. Now, because you also have a pulmonary embolism, uh, you are uh, taking medication for one year. And I said, no, I'm not taking medication for one year. <laughs> but I didn't experiment, you know, but it's just, you know, this, I, I had to go to visit, uh, to, uh, to do this, INR tests every two days. So they would um, uh, either increase or decrease the number of pills per day I was taking. And I didn't like it, you know, my skin start, I, I developed crashes and they told me it's not possible. It's not a side effect of the medicine. And I tried to tell them, you know, everybody reacts differently. Even if it's not a side effect that it's no, it may be for me. And there were no, no, no. And then I started meditating, you know, me, a person who was in a corporate world who would never think about meditation. And if someone would tell me 
12, 15 years ago that I would be meditating or do some alternative things, I would just probably say, get lost. So I started <laughs> meditating and I came across the subliminal meditation secret. And I, I, I've been listening to it for 40 nights because I'm not that type of person who goes into Zen and meditates, but I like to plug in my uh, earbuds and fall asleep and let the things work for me. I'm taking the easy way out. So yes, I think uh, this was the first thing that really helped me get grounded, you know, to feel more at ease with myself, feeling the inner peace and I think it was three months after uh, I first went to see the doctor in Slovenia that I told her that I would like to have another test because I'm okay. And she said, no, 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 you're not okay. It's only been three months. So you have to do it for one year. And I said, no, I'm okay. We couldn't agree on her testing me. So I went to see a private practitioner and did the tests. And you know what came back? BP. Everything was clear. There was no uh, blockage in my vein anymore. Approximately four months after that, I sent the results to my doctor and she was totally amazed. And she said, she's never seen it happen. And she's taken me off the medication. Mm -hmm. She begged me if something would occur to come back. And I promised her, but you know, this was, let's say the aha moment for me where I realized and actually got a proof that everything starts in our minds because I was set to find the root of the problem and I did it. And when I released the cause of the problem, it went away. So it is the holistic that, approach. Yes. Yeah. But still in the meantime, I was taking the medicine. I didn't reject the medicine. I was doing it, but I said to my doctor, I'm, uh, you take care of that part. I'm taking care of this. Exactly. Because yeah. only you can actually do it. And it really, what I'm so appreciating about you being very, you know, honest and sincere and said, look, I see there is something deeper than just the physical because the symptoms we are having are signs that something is not working properly. And the less we listen, the louder the symptoms become and the more they appear, of course. You're absolutely right. Barbara, that leads me to the next question, which is really beautiful, as you said. You are an incredible, successful businesswoman and you know life is demanding and how do you actually keep the balance between your work uh, the life demands and also how do you take care of your health with the busy schedule you are facing on a daily basis so basically before I started my second business I took a lot of time out, you know, because mm -hmm. after this thrombosis and I was still doing uh, in my first business, I was still working for several years. Then I said, okay, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the, uh, repeating the same things I did when I was in corporate work for much less money. And I'm actually facing the situation of getting back into something that it's not okay for me. At that time, when I would come out uh, home from the office, all I could do was just lay in bed and sleep. So that was the sign something's not right. So I decided to close the company and actually took some time out. I took three years out. Before I closed the company, I actually went to an ayahuasca retreat. I don't know if all people know uh, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is actually... Um, indigenous ritual the plant medicine yeah yeah it's the plant medicine 
And I think it's the best experience for a person to dive within themselves because that was the deepest I got into myself. It helped me a lot because I realized that I was actually living in a really toxic environment. Even the business relationships I had were really toxic. Let's not talk about the personal ones because I was always attracting wrong people into my life. So I said, okay, enough. If I don't change something, the next healthcare may be even worse. I closed the business. I had enough savings so I would, could live happily for quite a, some time. And let's say for the first six months, I was doing practically nothing. I was just relaxing because I was compensating for 12, even 16 hour uh, work days. Then I started to invest in myself. I went uh, to do the NLP. I went to Theta Healing. I did some other things. I even attended two years of psychology, transactional analysis, but all with the purpose to understand myself because at a certain point, I didn't know who I was. I only felt that what I was saying, doing, and how I, I was acting was not in synchrony. You know, I was totally lost. And I was actually looking for myself. I was searching around, trying different things to see what works out. With no focus, no direction. Uh, if I felt it, uh, when something approached me, I went for it. So I did this for three years. And two and a half years into it, I started thinking, okay, it would be good to go back into the business world, you know, because you cannot live like that all the time. Plus you get out of society, you don't mingle anymore. Things change, you know, you, you start to look at things differently. So I said, okay, it's good to start working again. And then, you know, out of the blue, I would get numerous offers to come back into advertising agencies for corporations, like tests given to me uh, by the universe, because it would be an easy way out, you know? And because for, let's say half a year, I didn't know what to do. I was considering some. And then I said to myself, okay, Barbara, be honest with yourself. Is this something you see yourself working at for the next two years? And the answer was no, because uh, if I was honest with myself, it was, let's say, maximum six months. And then I would get bored and it wouldn't be for me or something like that. Uh, the idea of working for someone was thrown away. So, okay, uh, let's go back to your own business. Let's set up a business. But as you mentioned, uh, when, once you have so many skills, it's actually a curse because I went on LinkedIn. I knew what was the power of social media. And I said, okay, let's do the first step and let's go optimize your profile on LinkedIn. And maybe it will give you some direction. And you should have seen my first banner. I think I listed 20 services on that first banner. And when you offer so many things or when you serve everyone, you don't serve anyone. So it was just like that. And the more I dug into LinkedIn, the more I started to understand the potential of the platform. It's not just for business. It's not just to look for jobs, but it's much, much more powerful tool. Mm -hmm. 
And I was totally hooked by it, you know? Yes. Before you go into that one, because this is really critical, I want to make two small amendments. For ayahuasca, anybody who wants to really try this out, it needs to be, because I've done it myself, it needs to be done very well guided. And I would consult before your own medical professionals to ensure that, you know, no damage is being done. This is the one thing. The other thing which I really appreciate, uh, Barbara, is you just mentioned, you said, you had the curse of having so many skills. Actually, the way you just described it is showing the variety of skills you are having and then how to narrow it down to really focus on what's most uh, pa- what you're most passionate about. And you also mentioned something really critical, which I love, is there is no easy way, you know? (laughs) It all really takes work. It all takes consistency. And you are just about to sharing with us some tips and tricks on how you actually went on this journey and how you built the company you are in right now and how you have become so successful and you are expanding on a daily basis. So I would like you to really dive into that because I think nowadays it's kind of promoted, everything is easy you become a successful person overnight i haven't really experienced that so i'd be really happy to see your secrets and to get your tips on that please barbara actually it is easy but once you've built your foundations you know Mm -hmm. uh, but it takes some time to do that also with linkedin Mm -hmm. but let's jump back to the start you know the skills you mentioned, in the past, I worked in marketing, I worked in sales, I worked in the research and development. So actually, I really have wide variety of skills. And when I started, I was wanting to offer them all. Then I was attending a webinar where a person that was taking the webinar told, okay, what's your elevator pitch? You have to put it together in 30 seconds. And I was doomed, you know, I couldn't in 30 seconds. And I said, that's not okay. Then I started to dive deeper into LinkedIn, you know, and I started to work with HR specialists. I started to work with psychologists to understand what they're looking for. Then I started to work with copywriters and all people that I had previously in advertising agency because I was lucky enough to get have access to them. All the profiles were my, uh, because in the advertising, I was account director. So I was leading the projects and they were all working in, within my teams. So I had them available. So I, I sat down and I talked a lot with them. Uh, they taught me a lot and I really understood LinkedIn much, much better or what that's what I thought. But still there were no results because I wasn't building on my network. I wasn't doing it right. I wasn't considering the algorithm, I was just doing part of the things on LinkedIn. And then I said, okay, now I know a lot. So I start offering this as a service. But then, you know, the one thing that we call imposter syndrome kicked in and the little voice in my head started telling me, oh, but who are you to teach others? You don't even have results, stuff like this. So first I started offering my services for free to friends. And you know, the, doing this, it's the worst thing because they don't give you the honest feedback. They just say, okay, then they don't do the job and they say, oh, the platform doesn't work or you didn't teach me right. So it was really a bad move, but I had to do it. And then one thing happened that a person that knew about me uh, specializing in LinkedIn, 
sent me an invitation to prepare a lecture for a group of unemployed people. It, it's a project that is financed by EU and it's helping people to get skills to find new employment. And I got this invitation by email on Saturday for giving the lecture on Tuesday. And I only read it on Sunday. So, you know, suddenly I was there and I said, okay, they need me on Tuesday. I still have to prepare everything. I don't have time to start finding excuses why I can't do it, you know, and I did it. So that was my first lecture. And I'm so grateful to that person to have offered me this chance. I'm still working for them because I really love helping people and with the unemployed people, the ones that actually do the work, I can say that within four weeks, they find a job, a new employment with the help of LinkedIn, which wow. is really a great success. So yeah, that was the, let's say the kick in the ass I received <laughs> and that I needed. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise I would still going, you know, I'm, I don't know enough and everyone would be driving faster than me. Uh, awesome. So, and then, you know, COVID, you mentioned COVID in the beginning. So I can say that COVID for my business was a blessing in disguise, you know, mm -hmm. because I saw it as an uh, opportunity and I took it. And last year, last October, I applied for a grant here in Slovenia, also EU finance grant. And I got a sum of 3,000 euros. It's not much, you know, but when you started the business, whatever you get for nothing, uh, it's great. And I invested it in a coach. It was the best investment ever. And actually, I, I can say that in 2021, I've taught people in over 35 countries. I have clients in over 35 countries. I'm still working with corporations because somehow I cannot get out of this world. I even signed an agreement with a company, a multinational corporation present in 30 countries to be their inside LinkedIn trainer. So I'm wow. actually doing all the training for their teams. Plus I'm getting clients from everywhere. I just came from Sarajevo last week where I was invited to be a keynote at the marketing conference. And it was the first event after COVID stroke that was live. And, you know, it was my first time going out in front of several hundred people. And they even asked me to present in their language. I'm speaking about a language I learned for one year in elementary school. And I haven't spoken in over 30 years. But they were so understanding and I want them over immediately when I show them that I'm willing to try in that language. And it was just amazing. So, yeah. Congratulations. So that was, that was a wonderful event. Now, what kind of energy did you feel there? Because it's uh, several hundred people. That's, that's awesome. I felt support. I felt love. And I also felt appreciation, you know, because when I came to the stage, I started talking, Sarajevo is in Bosnia, you know, one of the ex-countries of Yugoslavia. In Yugoslavia, we had Serbian language, Croatian language, and Bosnians, which are pretty similar, but they are different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I speak a mix of them. And sometimes if you use the wrong expression in Croatia, someone might get offended. And I didn't mm. want to do that. 
So and uh, went in, uh, to the stage and I told, started speaking in this mixed language. And I said, okay, this is how I speak. You know, I'm not from any of the countries where this language is uh, official language. I'm from Slovenia, but I'm willing to put my effort into doing it if you understand me, or I can do the presentation in English. And I got a big applause for the first language and immediately all the stage fright went away and everything because I was, I was a bit, was a bit shaky, little shaky, you know, going there, just presenting after so long to so many people and then even in a language you're not fluent in. I love you gave that. it a try and you succeeded and that's the yeah. beauty about it. And I yeah. think what you're also sharing, and this is what I appreciate so much about you is you really try, you try whatever you do, you try and you teach and share the lessons learned. And I think that's also something important one can serve at the general public. So mm-hmm. what other experiences now with with you being specialized in LinkedIn and your current company what other key kind of practical tips you can can you pass on to our audience and Uh, I still come back to you on the health thing because I want to know how you take care of your own health please Uh, if I just go back to the question you posed how Mm -hmm. do I balance business and life it's actually it was a decision I decided I'm not going to give it more than four hours per day, which means, for example, last week I was in Sarajevo. Although I didn't work there, it took me four days for this. And this week I took off. So there are some days that I'm working more than four hours, but I try to keep an average of four hours. But it was a decision and it was a conscious one. And I have to remind myself sometimes because Honestly, I don't consider this a job. I love this. It's my passion. And sometimes when I start, let's say, writing articles, because I also write articles for some newspapers, I totally forget about the time or when I'm doing presentations or recording something that it takes, it's been six hours, you know? So I have to remind uh, myself. But just the first and most important thing is decide what you want and how much time you are do you want to put into it. Regarding the LinkedIn, the first thing is the one you hear all the time. You have to know what you want. Setting a goal, it's important before you start working on your profile because after you set the goal, you optimize your profile so that it gets you to this goal. Then you have to be visible. On LinkedIn, it starts with an optimized profile, but then also being interactive a bit with people and let the right people notice you. You know, personalization, it's the thing that actually makes a difference on LinkedIn because I'm sure many of you probably received a connection request with any message attached to it. And you didn't know who this person was, why they were uh, connecting with you, anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a difference when someone sends you, dear Erica, I've seen you uh, talking about that and I really like the subject of da, 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 da. Uh, I, can we connect? It, it makes a difference. It shows appreciation for you. Someone took time to at least go through your profile and see who you are. Mm-hmm. And personalization, like I teach it, is the key to success. It makes the difference between making it and not making it. 
this would be, let's say, really quick things about LinkedIn. And yeah, one more thing, because lately with the Facebook uh, fallout that we had a few weeks ago, I see many people migrating because they realize, okay, it's not good to, to be only on Facebook. Let's go to another platform. And what they do, it's actually they apply the same strategies uh, that they do on Facebook or on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Don't do that. The algorithm is totally different. And several postings, uh, more posts per day, like we do on Facebook or Instagram, doesn't work in our favor on LinkedIn. So don't just copy paste, but make a strategy that considers how algorithm works on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Now, how can people actually reach out to you or your team when they would like to, you know, learn more, like the 77 tips on how to uh, improve your profile on LinkedIn? You have, you've done already so many beautiful blogs and contributed so many nice articles. How can people reach you? The best way to reach and the easiest way to reach me is on LinkedIn. There's a reason I didn't do a website because I tried to walk the talk. And if I'm teaching LinkedIn, I think the first way uh, to reaching out to me is through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I know, uh, even, you know, if you put my name into uh, Google search, uh, my LinkedIn profile will be the first result. And there is my, it's my profile. You can find my email address there. You can even find my phone. I'm on WhatsApp and Viber. So I'm always open to questions. And you know that I don't have problems with giving advice even if a person doesn't become my client. I, I believe in giving out words to getting stuff back. Mm -hmm. It's the That's giving and I receiving. Also, yeah, I also write a lot of uh, articles that are spot on uh, advices, how to do what to do on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you just, I have a hashtag, how to LinkedIn with Barbara. And if you follow that hashtag, actually you can... Uh, you can find a lot of useful tips. Awesome. This is so great. The, you know, I, I really appreciate your time and your valuable tips. And they are just cross-cutting throughout your personal journey. And also, of course, uh, very practical in terms of what to do on LinkedIn and so forth. Is there anything else? Are there any other key messages, Barbara, you would like to share, you know, going on this journey on how to tap into your own power? And of course, also a little bit on how to take care of your health, but particularly the tapping into your power is of interest to me now. So uh, honestly, I think I needed these health scares. Otherwise, I still may be, you know, a heartless, you know, I'm not saying the word, but I was a totally different person before that, you know. I was totally business-oriented, goal-oriented. I, I wouldn't tolerate mistakes, uh, things like that. And people that knew me at that time and that know me now, they consider me a totally different person because I had to change. It, it also has to do with my upbringing because I come from a broken family where my father was an alcoholic and then uh, later he even committed suicide. So uh, these things shape you, you know, and you build a world around you just to not get a lot of hurt anymore. So uh, I had to reinvent myself, but the first thing I had to do, and that would be my first advice, 
learn to listen to yourself and hear what your body and your intuition is telling you. Because so yes. many times we are uh, flooded with all the buzz around us. We may hear, but we don't listen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't take action. I told you, I uh, uh, thrombosis was my first scare. It was in 14 years period. So I had every seven years, I had a scare. It's just amazing. It was every seven years. Now it's more than 11 years since uh, deep vein thrombosis. So I think uh, I learned a lesson. But yes, yes uh, learn to listen to yourself, to your intuition, to your body, because our body is always telling us what is wrong. One thing that I learned is actually now uh, Louise Hay also has a book where uh, she relates every uh, illness, every condition in your body to a situation that is happening uh, to you. So for example, uh, let's say a few years ago, I was suddenly developing lower back pain. And you know, and I then went went, uh, into the book and looked what is it? And it was money related issues, worries about money. And guess what, that morning, I was thinking, okay, I have to stop my spending. It was during the time when I was uh, taking time out. I have to stop the spending because otherwise I may run out of the money. It wasn't a scare, but it was a thought. And my body immediately showed me something's not right. You know, stop this thinking because you may go into downward spiral. So learn to listen. Uh, I will not say, uh, look, Louise Hayes' book, but it may help you. If this is something that resonates with you, then of course do it. Every person finds a different way. Uh, What I like to do is actually take long walks. I Mm -hmm. am fortunate enough to uh, live by the seaside. So I enjoy long walks. I try to uh, make at least 10,000 steps per day. It's not, uh, I'm not successful every day, but still. Uh, And uh, yeah, I said, I'm not successful every day. For example, some time ago, if I would set a goal and I wouldn't achieve it, I would start blaming myself, you know, and bad mouthing myself and say, oh, you didn't do it. You're worthless and stuff like that. No, it's just a day you didn't do it. Start again tomorrow, you know, even in your business. If you set up a goal that has to be achieved by a certain time and for whatever reason it's not, don't focus on that, but just focus on the goal and continue working on it. And take time out, you know. It's important to take time out because I can say uh, at least two of three of my, uh, of my health scares were burnouts that I didn't realize they were burnouts. It's just, uh, I thought, okay, it's something happening to me. But now in retrospective, when I looked at them, it was that because I was really uh, working long hours. I was stressed. Uh, You know, I was living the perfect life when I was in corporation because sometimes I wouldn't even remember what city I was waking up because I would just come home uh, unpack, repack, go jump on a plane to go to another country, to another city. 
it was just you know my my passport the there's we still had stamps in europe at the time mm. so it was full of stamps and when my friends saw it it they would just go wow you're so lucky you're so fortunate but what i would see i would see the uh, airport i would see a hotel i would see a taxi and probably some office or a conference room and i remember one time uh, when i was in uh, budapest and the driver was uh, taking me back to the airport and he asked me, what is the thing you like most in Budapest? And I was, what? And he said, okay, did you have a look around the city? And I said, no. And he said, I've been coming here for the past, I don't know how many months. And uh, he was our driver, the company's uh, taxi driver. And I said, yes, I know, but... You're taking me to the hotel, then maybe restaurant, whatever. So uh, we had some time and he took me around Budapest to see, have a view of the city. So That's yeah. so nice. But even if things look nice in the eyes of the others, the others don't matter. Just make exactly. memories for yourself. Listen to yourself and try to find that balance that even when things get hard or things happen that you have to work for 16 hours straight, it's not a problem for you, but you are working out of your passion because if you yes. discover your passion, you will never work a day in your life. Exactly, exactly. Barbara, you really hit the nail by saying when you work for your passion, uh, the passion is actually what you love and you don't really feel like working anymore, right? Because you really yeah. do what you love. I also want to uh, go back to what you mentioned in terms of the, the organs. You know, if we don't uh, acknowledge our emotions and the thoughts are very uh, um, uh, important as well, it's like those little voices in the heads. And I'm not talking about the psychiatric cases. I'm really talking about how we talk to our ourselves um, and how we are treating ourselves. Um, I think the worst enemy wouldn't treat oneself as people are talking sometimes to themselves. And emotions need to be acknowledged, otherwise they make the organs cry. This is what I've learned throughout my medical career. So um, really, um, I'm so appreciating what you're saying and how, you know, honestly, you're sharing your journey, which is really uh, a roller coaster, if I may say. What are your concluding remarks? Because time was flying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's already been almost an hour. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, put yourself first. Learn to love yourself. Uh, and even though you can see I'm overweight, I'm not talking to me in a degrading way anymore. Uh, learn to accept yourself because it's the energy you put out that matters the most. And you have to be true to yourself. You have to be unique and uh, everything will be easier that way. And when, when I'm talking about being true to yourself, I also mean that your health will balance, you know, although I'm overweight, I'm healthy. Although all of my conditions and the situation that happened to me, I had no control over. I learned to uh, realize when something that it's not good for me uh, comes to me, uh, it's trying to enter my mind into little voices. Uh, I acknowledge it. I accept it. I say thank you because it's a sign of something. And I say, I don't need this thought now. 
and I let it go. You know, uh, I've taken a totally different approach to life. And Erica, we've been together in a coaching program. Just you can you can say I'm pretty easy person, whereas in the past I was so nervous. I was really I don't know how could how people could actually stand being around me at that time. You know. You are such a pleasant, yeah, but you are such a pleasant person to be with. And I think you have done, and this is, I think, the incredible, uh, the incredible progress uh, we all making who are doing some personal development. And wow, yeah, it's amazing how you have, how, how you have expanded your beautiful energy, not only for yourself, but also for anybody you are serving. And I think this is, um, the result of the consistent work you're doing over such a long time, isn't it? Yeah, to, let's say if we go into health situation, changing myself, it started in 2009. So it wasn't an overnight success, but I've been consistently working on my mind uh, and everything around for the past 12 years, almost 13 years. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, been, yeah. As far as the LinkedIn goes, it's the result of 20 years of experience. Although I specialize in uh, LinkedIn now, uh, I'm also doing marketing and things like this, but I incorporate it into strategies I uh, craft for my clients. Wow. Yeah. I, I really, this, and this comes across very clearly, you know, you are here for your clients. You really walk the talk. You, you go with them. You are there to support them all the way along. And um, I'm so pleased and honored. And again, Barbara, thank you so much for your valuable time, for all the tips, for sharing your journey, for sharing what you are doing, how you are growing, how you're expanding and how you're really making such a big impact in this beautiful world so um, thank you very much again for joining today now for the auditorium thank you very much for also joining us and spending the time and being with us and um, I'm uh, Dr. Erica Wickrow this is the health series the health expert series with the topic um, health is wealth and how to tap into your power and I see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye and lots of blessings.